everybody, and welcome to the Game Ranks podcast, brought to you by, surprise, GameRanks.com. You're listening to Amplitude Modulation by WizWars. Um, we've only got three people here this week, so this podcast will probably be a little bit shorter, but um, let me introduce them nonetheless. There's Andrew Kent, a news writer for GameRanks.com. Say hello, Andrew. Yo. And as usual, there's Dennis. Hey, how's it going? How's everybody doing this week? Great. Great? I'm great, too, except for the fact that uh, our first piece of news here had me uh, lamenting for G4 earlier today. Oh, no. um, Adam Sessler has left G4. Um, he's like my journalism idol, so this is, like, killing me, man. Uh, I don't know where he's going to go next. They haven't talked about it, but um, he has noted that he wants to stay in front of the cameras and he wants to uh, stay active in the industry. So why don't you guys give me your opinion on this? I think it's crazy seeing him on TV broadcasting through all the E3s since 98. It's it's going to be weird not seeing him at these events anymore. I know, and the thing is, is Adam Sessler, he, he, he was like the godfather of games journalism in some way, you know? Yeah. He, in 1998, that's really when games journalism started to pick, it, pick itself up. And to have him sort of just disappear from G4 in what seemed like a couple hours, you know? Mm-hmm. And I guess if you really look at it, it was like a couple of Twitter posts and a few blog posts from random websites. Um, it seems to me that this piece of news should have been far greater, far greatly covered in the gaming space. Yeah, definitely. Did the, uh... yeah. Oh, go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, but you know, you know it had to be coming. Whether it it could have happened two years after he started, it could have happened, you know, a few months after he started with um, G four. But you know, it was eventually going to happen, anyways. So yeah, I mean, yeah. It's just we. Sorry, Andrew. Um, you have anything else you want to say? <laughs> no, no, no. I was just gonna say that I'm sure you, Dennis, and obviously myself, we're all familiar with how the games industry can be sort of like cronyist or nepotistic or whatever you want to call it. It seems to me that once you get to a position where Adam Sessler was, you'd want to stick in that position, you know? And I know that it's been since 1998, back since tech TV days, but like, it just seems to me that he'd want to stick in a position like that. It seems so weird. It seems like G4 is taking a turn for the worse because they prided themselves before as a tech and gaming related you know, broadcast, but there's nothing really tech and gaming related left on there besides just X play and attack the show. Really? Yeah. Sorry, I mean, because yeah, I'm all I I uh, you know doing uh, looking through my RSS feed, they're always posting news about video games on their website. You know, yeah, well, it's different on the website, but when they're on you know television, there's really. There's not as much variety as there once was. Uh, I haven't. I actually haven't watched Attack of this show. The only thing I watch is um, uh, Around the Net because they posted on the website. I'm not sure where to watch Attack Attack of the Show. I don't think we get it. Uh, I don't think we get um, Attack of the Show or G4 on uh, our cable here. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Just for those of you who don't know, Attack of the Show is actually more of like a tech-slash-gadget show. So they do cover gaming news and all that kind of stuff sometimes, 
But apart from that, you know, they don't get so close to the gaming space. And um, Dennis, I wanted to backtrack a little bit with you telling me or telling us how the G4 as a channel has sort of started moving away from video games, even when it comes to like X-Play. Um, they, they tend to go off topic a lot, even on X-Play. The only thing I see that's like tried and true in what we would think is traditional gaming news is uh, their reviews. And that seems to be the only thing that's sort of like stuck from the olden days. Exactly, yeah. I, I just, I fear that we're not going to see much of anything gaming related on TV or, you know, in the coming days. Yeah, and before we move on to the next piece of news, um, I just wanted to talk, say, like, Adam Sessler, he brought, like, such a natural sort of speaking to his broadcasting, and he seems like somebody that everybody would sort of want to aspire to be in the broadcasting field, and they're bringing on, what's his name, Blair Herter, and obviously with Adam Sessler leaving, Blair Herter's probably going to get promoted to Adam Sessler's old position, and... I don't want to say anything too mean, but I'm just not a big fan of Blair Herder. He doesn't seem, like, genuine. He doesn't seem like video games are the reason he's there. You know what I mean? Yeah, and plus I never even... For Adam Sessler, I've seen him for years. And it just seems like Blair, I'm not sure where he came from. I'm just not yeah. familiar with him. Anyways, uh, Andrew, anything else you want to say before we move on to the next piece? Um, don't judge a book by its cover. Uh, that's about it. <laughs> um... <laughs> I mean, this new guy, this uh, Blake guy or whatever, coming on, you know, he he may seem like he's not who he's supposed to be, like who, you know, he 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 may not seem like a um, a good candidate to replace Sessler, but then again, he may surprise you. You never know. Right, and I mean, it hasn't been confirmed that he's actually going to take Adam's old place as like the main host, but his position as a uh sort of the co-host under Morgan Webb and Adam Sessler sort of uh, makes me think that that's what's going to happen. But, um, yeah, anything else, guys, before we move on? Nope. Nope. All right, cool. Um, we're just going to talk a little bit about an interesting piece of news. It's more of a niche one. But uh, a YouTube user has turned each Uncharted game into its own separate movie. Um, everybody I've talked to has said, that uh, they're actually really well done, and they each are about, don't even, it's crazy when I tell people, they're each two and a half hours to three hours long. Oh, wow. That is pretty long. These cutscenes are getting longer and longer in, these vid in the video games. Soon you're going to have video games that are just movies and like five minutes of gameplay. <laughs> yeah, and it's like w one of those things where, you don't realize how much time you're spending watching cutscenes when you play these video games, unless you're playing games like Metal Gear Solid 4, where it's meant to be sort of a cinematic experience or heavy rain, you know? Yeah, I mean, if you're just gonna make, if you're just gonna plop a lot of cutscenes into your video game, just make a movie. <laughs> are these all just cutscenes? Are there actually any gameplay involved? I haven't watched them myself, oh, so I can't speak with too much knowledge on the subject. But I would um. Think Go ahead. I, I, I was just about to say that uh, I think it's only cutscenes. Yeah, you would think it would have to be some cut uh, gameplay because you can't just go... It's, it's it's weird to cut from, like, you know, one thing... Because these cutscenes aren't continuous. They don't go throughout the whole video game, of course. So you're like kind of like, oh, wait, you know, what happened here? You jumped... You were here, but now you're here. What, what's, what's going on? Right, yeah. right. So there would have to be some gameplay in there. 
Of course. There, I mean, sometimes the cutscenes come in in the middle of gameplay, especially during the um, on-rail segments that I'm sure we're all familiar with. And um, to sort of just jump into those and have no clue what's going on, I think that'd be a little bit unsettling in terms of watching a cinematic uh, or a bunch of cinematic string together. But uh, yeah, um, that's a smaller piece of news. I guess we can go ahead and move on to the next one, unless you guys want to speak on this some more. Um, no, I'm good. It's Uncharted, lots of cutscenes. I'm sure the Uncharted fans are uh, are uh, trying to think of what an Uncharted movie would be like, or something like that. Yep. They're they're dreaming and wishing and hoping. I'm sure that an Uncharted movie will make its presence sometime in the next couple of years. But um, until that time, this is going to be something that they can revel in. Um, anyways, uh, we're all familiar with Nintendo. I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you know Nintendo. Um, they've been making awesome games for years. Um, Mario Kart, Zelda, Metroid, um, all these games. Um, however, in their console department, they are for, this is the first time ever they're reporting an annual loss. And this annual loss is comprised of 43.2 billion yen. Now, I know that uh, in USD or dollars, that's probably not as much. But uh, still, the fact that they're reporting a loss, that, that's, a, that's a big thing. So how much was it, like 32 billion? 43.2 billion uh, yen. 43.2 billion. It's quite a bit. That doesn't really surprise me, though. It's it's it actually translates to five hundred thirty three million dollars in in U.S. dollars. Wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Don't get me wrong when I said it's uh, not as much. I'm saying it's not as much as it is in yen. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but, um, still still quite a lot. That's pretty crazy, man. Like when the Wii first came out, I remember. It was one of those things where you had to be there when shipments first came in to GameStops or wherever you buy your games or consoles. And if you weren't there in like the first like hour, then you weren't going to get this. You weren't going to get the console. It was just a lost cause. But over time in this generation, we've seen the Wii sort of drop off a little bit. And that goes for everything the Wii, you know, relates to, whether it's uh, their games, the online service, which has been pretty much, you know, non-existent throughout the generation <laughs> if you compare it to uh, PSN or especially Xbox Live. Right. But, you know, I mean, going back to saying when you were talking about how popular the Wii was, it was a, it was a big gap. There was a big gap in technology between the GameCube and the Wii. So it's it's normal for people. I mean, and I'm sure the Wii was very hyped so people were eager to get their hands on it so it's, it's right. no you know wonder that um people wanted to it's it's no wonder that it was sold out but um the wii's become stale uh nintendo and so has like the 3ds and whatnot um nintendo that, uh... hasn't really come out with they they've just been you know adding things like with the ds it's just they've been coming out right. with a new DS every so often, and they've just been adding things like, oh, here's a new camera, and oh, that... here's a mic. You know, it's it's just like the uh, the iPod and the iPhone. They're just adding one thing or uh, touching up on a few things and charging you, you know, an exorbitant amount. Right, and I mean, that does well for the uh, portable side of Nintendo. There's no doubt about that. But um, what I was saying uh, a few seconds ago 
was it would also be worth noting what you were saying about uh, being late in the console generation. It's also worth noting that uh, Xbox and Microsoft, they've also uh, reported their first year-over-year loss in sales in regards to their Xbox 360 console. I believe in it was uh, January to March in which they reported this. They had 48% loss in sales year-over-year. Um, the only console that has still been improving over time um, has been the PS3 which is giving testament to Sony's 10-year plan. So that's pretty cool. That's interesting, though. I mean, it's it's no surprise that Microsoft would be reporting console, you know, uh, losses on their, their profits because, I mean, the console gets old and blah, 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 and then they've had the trouble with the red ring of death. Not, not so much anymore, but um, peop- you can't... Uh, there's not like an unending supply of people to sell consoles to. I mean, you can only sell consoles to so many people, but it's interesting that the PS3 is still going strong, despite Sony, you know, Sony is reporting losses with the PS Vita, and they are vehemently refusing to drop the price. And it's one of those things where, like, the Nintendo DS is so dominant. Like, everything that comes out to sort of fight the DS just gets slain so quickly, man. The DS is a powerhouse. I don't know how Nintendo gets people so interested in the DS every time they come out with a new incarnation, but they do. Even when it's just in terms of the Nintendo XL or DS XL or whatever it was, they got people interested in that, man. And it was nothing but a bigger DS. And that's what amazes me about the DS. And when Sony comes out with the PS Vita, which has... 3G, it has Wi-Fi, it's got an awesome OLED screen, it has awesome, like, 30 frames per second, gorgeous graphics with games like Wipeout 2048. You get so caught up in, I think, with Nintendo in their 3DSs and their their gimmicky sort of type deals yeah. that you don't, you don't sort of see what's going on with the other competitors. And Sony reaches out to that hardcore market, at least they like to tout themselves as reaching out to that hardcore market, but they have a hard time breaching it. They say they're reaching out to it, but nobody's reaching out to grab their hand. Right, right. Yes, uh, I just I just recently got a 3DS, and it's it's really neat. The 3D the 3D is a, is a gimmick, but it's still awesome to look at. It's probably mm-hmm. damaging damaging my eyesight even more than uh, my eyes are already <laughs> damaged. But uh, but uh, yeah. You know, going back to uh, the Wii, or not the Wii U, but the Wii, and I'm trying to figure out the best way to phrase this, but um, do you think Nintendo kind of screwed themselves over by releasing their next innovation of gaming beforehand, before uh, Microsoft comes out with the Xbox 360, or before uh, Sony with the PlayStation 3, and they show this motion control capabilities, and then Sony and Microsoft kind of pick up with that? Well, before we get too far into the question, um, I just wanted to say that no, I, I don't think they screwed themselves. If you look at the total console sales over the generation, and I'm sure many of you are familiar with this, I'm just trying to reiterate, um, I believe it's somewhere around the range of 94 million consoles that the Wii U has sold, and the PS3 is like 63 million, and the Xbox 360 is 64 million. And I'm sure we'll, we'll see news all over the place very soon about the PS3 overtaking the Xbox 360 
in uh, global sales ever since the consoles have come out. But um, how, how likely do you think it is that uh, the PS3 or the Xbox 360 catch up to the Wii before the end of the console generation, which is probably going to come around in 2013? To me, I don't think it's likely at all. That's a 30 million console gap that they have to, to cross. Yeah, I was I wasn't aware of that. So, I guess that's a lot that. of consoles. Oh, you're at you're asking if the if the Xbox 360 and the PS3's sales will match up with the Wii's eventually. Yeah, and like I said, I don't think they will. No, the way you know, if Microsoft is already reporting losses, um, so the PS3 might. Because it's Japan native, and the Japanese just love anything that Sony or Nintendo do. Mm-hmm. They eat that. They they eat that up. Yeah. Um, also, it's worth noting again that uh, Sony they're still going strong, as we were talking about earlier, and um, they have that ten year plan, which has moved like millions and millions and millions of PS2 consoles. The PS2 is still selling like hotcakes, man. People don't realize it, but there are people going into GameStops every day wanting PS2s. I mean, that was like a defining console right there. That was a generation-defining console. And the PS3, I feel that while it hasn't had the same fanfare around it as uh, the PS2, it's going to end up being able to sell consoles well into like 2015. Right, right. Yeah, it's... Yeah, the the PS2 was an awesome uh, console. I I unfortunately had to. I I was I was stupid enough to uh, trade it in to get my Xbox 360. I only got an Xbox 360 because of Fable, and then Fable 2 and 3 turned out to suck. So I'm I've I've been hitting myself because I actually want a PS3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, definitely there's deals going on everywhere right now for PS3s. I don't know what's going on, but uh, uh, it might be due to the fact that at least I think they're going to announce a PS4 at, at uh, E3 this year. That's just my prediction, but um, I think they're trying to push a lot of consoles right now, and I also foresee a price drop in the uh, in the foreseeable future. Um, but yeah, man, Nintendo. back to Nintendo reporting their first annual loss. That just says a lot. That says a lot about where we are in the industry right now and how close the next console generation is. Um, and yeah, sorry, Andrew. No, I I just don't even want to think about the next console generation yet. It's it's. Oh my God! They there's no reason for Sony or Microsoft to bring out another. Um, console yet there's there's nothing they can do unless they can give me a miniature robot servant or something like that you know um (laughs) like uh the thing is though on pc gaming before we'll just cover this real quick before we go on to um the hot topic pc gaming right now is very very far ahead of the ps3 the xbox 360 and the wii really and yeah, I have. Uh, I don't want to be bragging or anything, but I have a M14X, uh, which is an Alienware laptop, and I can run games. That, even though they're the same games that are on consoles, and I'm, I'm not a part of the PC gaming master race, okay? But it looks a lot better on ultra settings on the Alienware 
than it does if you put it on a PS3 or an Xbox or a Wii, obviously. But um, it's just very far ahead in what it can accomplish. The only reason more games haven't been made for the PC is because there's more of a gamer market for the consoles, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we haven't seen games that are exclusive to the PC, and that's namely because Microsoft holds a lot of the market there as well. Right. So, yeah, uh, we need to move on to our hot topic, though. So, yes. any closing thoughts, guys? Ninten- Nintendo needs to uh, up the ante, or else they're going to become stale. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about the Wii U another day, but I don't think the Wii U is going to do very well. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about used games for our hot topic. Um, these have been really controversial over the, the past year. We've seen all kinds of different, uh, what are they called, uh, politics sort of enforced into the, the gaming community because of used games, um, especially in terms of uh, DLCs. And it's just the industry is not very accepting of uh, used games in terms of publishers. And that's a very sad fact. I was having a conversation with one of my friends, Fred Rojas, earlier today. He's from the B-Team. And we were talking about cloud-based and memory storage, and especially the PS Vita. And we're going to move fo- we're gonna need to move forward to a cloud-based slash memory storage sort of industry soon. But as we move towards that, we're going to see game retailers sort of die out and GameStop monopolize itself even further. But the problem herein is that when we move towards that cloud-based slash memory storage, we're, we're going to not be able to have used games anymore. You can't take a game from somebody else's PS Vita that is used and put it on yours. I mean, GameStop might be accepting of that, but publishers are not. Um, what do you guys think about this? Um, for the cloud-based gaming, I really don't like cloud-based gaming because for the, the fact that my stuff is stored on someone else's servers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And if something if something goes wrong over there, then it's I'm like, you know, where's my game? Where's my save? But mm-hmm. if I do if I like toss my Xbox in the middle of the street and a car runs over it, that's my fault. <laughs> you know? if, yeah. if, if if my saves and or if my saves and stuff get uh you know screwed up because of my own doing, then it's it's okay. But if mm-hmm. if someone else does it, then it's it's just not okay. So I it, you know I just can't trust someone else. It's it's iffy with me. I just really don't like trusting someone else with my game saves. All right. Well, let me ask you this then. How do you feel about bigger hard drives in a more memory based um, gameplay experience in terms of saving games to your hard drive because then it's not on somebody else's uh, server and you still have it but you can you can remove it freely from your console and it's not like a hard drive where you have to like unscrew everything and if you have a bigger hard drive you won't need to in the first place is that something you'd be more fond of yeah but i tend to i tend to be a pack rat and keep all of the games i'd keep having to expand my storage <laughs> right dennis where do you stand on this buddy on cloud-based gaming? Um, well, cloud-based memory and memory storage when we're discussing used games. Um, just let me reiterate real quick. We, Like I was saying, we might, we might need to move towards uh, cloud-based slash memory storage because um, we're move, the retail copies of games right now, um, they're getting cracked down on with uh, used game policies so fiercely right now 
the industry as a whole is just moving towards that. That's tough. Because I'm really split down the middle. I can see where they're coming from, the uh, game publishers. But um, I, I, I honestly, I, uh, I really get a lot of my games from used game sales. Right. And like I was telling you guys when I was introducing the subject here, if you have a used game on, for instance, a PS Vita, then you can't trade that used game to another player. You can't sell that game back to GameStop. Even though that's like nobody wants to do that in the first place, it's just an example. You, you can't give it back to GameStop and you can't sell it to anybody else. And publishers are actually going to be really fond of that idea, but the consumers are not. But that's where we're heading as an industry. Yeah. So, yeah, used games are a big part of uh, the industry right now. Used games are how I got my 3DS and copy of Kid Icarus Uprising and uh, Legend of Zelda 3D. Um, used used games are how I saw how I uh, half purchased for my Xbox 360. It's you know if we go to um, I'm 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 okay with us going to digital distribution, but we're not there yet. People aren't right. ready for it. And if you look at Steam, if you compare the prices between a physical copy of, like, say, Skyrim or Assassin's Creed and a digital copy, they're the same price. Skyrim, when it first came out, was priced $60 retail for a physical copy and $60 retail for a digital copy. You can't do that. If you're going to if you're going to char if you're going to uh, have a digital copy, it has to be less. It has to be it has to be priced less than the physical copy, because we're not paying for a physical copy. We're not paying for the box and whatever else. We're just paying for the um, data. That's it. Right. And this isn't a Greenpeace sponsored podcast, but um, you if you look at it from the environmental side of things. If we move towards the, the memory storage, cloud-based storage, I think that it'll also um, help out with uh, all the plastics we end up not reusing. And um, that's good in and of itself. But uh, back to the used game topic, I just, I honestly don't know where I stand on this. Because though GameStop is sort of like this mega retailer that everybody hates, they do give gamers a lot of choice. And it's not like you have to go down there, trade in your games. You don't have to do that. But if you want to, you don't feel like dealing with selling your games on eBay or Amazon, then you can. You can just go down there, trade your games, and say, hey, you can have this game for like 15 or $20 or whatever it is right at that point. And that's it. You don't have to deal with all the bull crap. But um, there's a new retailer who's actually coming up that is going to, I think, pose a pretty big threat to GameStop, at least in a, a subculture type of uh, deal. And they're called EK Gaming. EK Gaming, what they do is whatever the price is on the game MSRP, which is still $60 through EK Gaming, as long as it hasn't dropped below, I believe it's $20, then they'll take $20 off of the MSRP price for that game and they'll buy it for whatever the $20 off price is. So, for instance, if you have a $60 game, you trade it in, then you get $40 back for that, which is more than GameStop would ever give you. I'm already shoveling my money at them right now. <laughs> <laughs> God, GameStop is so horrid when they, um, uh, with uh, giving you money back. It's 
but it's understandable because they've got to make money themselves. But this, these these EK gaming uh, people seem like they're they're going to really hit GameStop hard. Um, yeah. It's just one of it's one of those things where they're going to have to make themselves known. They're going to have to open stores. They're going to have to advertise. They're going to have to let people know about their good deals. They're going to have to make a website that is respectable and doesn't look you know cheap. And I'll be the one to tell you right now that their website at the moment, it just looks like another website that uh, is trying to catch on to the game reseller train. But they're not, they're not marketing their awesome trade-in values enough right now. Mm, that's unfortunate. Maybe they just need a uh, push in the right direction. Hopefully they do catch fire because GameStop needs a competitor. They really do. They're owning yes. the market and... Uh, you know, it's 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 quite ridiculous. They're crushing the market. Like, <laughs> whenever you think about buying a video game, what comes to your mind? I, I mean, for most people, I know that for you, me, and Dennis, it's probably, well, Amazon, you know, I don't know. But for most people, when the, for instance, picture the guy who wants to buy Call of Duty on midnight release, where do you think they're going to go? They're going to buy it from GameStop because that's where everybody goes. Exactly. So, yeah, um, it's just one of those things where they have to make sure that they take every step correctly because when you, especially when you're fighting a company like uh, GameStop, you really have to make sure you uh, make you have to you have to affirm with yourself that you're walking on thin ice. Mm-hmm. I was never a huge fan of GameStop to begin with. I always liked surfing on Amazon, finding even if I couldn't get a great deal on a game. I like knowing the fact that I was paying someone who was also a gamer trying to get a different game, more likely. <laughs> that's a good point, Dennis. That is, an, that's a, that is a plausible point. Um, I'm, kind of, you, I'm kind of impatient, and I just like to get my games now, so I tend to go and hop on over to GameStop <laughs> just because, you know, it's I don't have to wait, like, two weeks just for Amazon to ship me something. Yeah, well, sometimes if you uh, buy from Amazon, the people or whoever you're buying from, if it's like an individual or a merchant, then um, you can talk to them and be like, hey, can you give me like priority shipping, bro? And they'll sometimes do that for you, even though it costs them like 48 cents more. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's what I did when, um, or what I do when I both buy and sell games. I'll, I'll help people out a little bit that way. And um, when somebody, I'm buying a game from them, I'll be like, come on, you know? But, uh, yeah, used games are an interesting entity, man. It's just, there's so much controversy around them lately. And, um, yeah, I just, I'm not really sure what else to discuss unless you guys want to move on to what we've been playing. Um, well, I just want to, I want to touch on, like, these, the the developers, and it's, you know, some of the developers, there are developers who are for used games, and then there are developers who are against used game. And it's just, for for the developers that are against used game, it's like, okay, um, have you thought this through? You're mm-hmm. complaining about piracy. What will happen if you, if, you know, the Xbox 720 and the PS Orbis get rid <laughs> of used games... Yes. What will happen then? You know, more piracy. It's just going Dude, to lead to more piracy. You are a podcast savior. I did not even think about that. 
Yes, the PlayStation 4, whatever they're going to call it, PlayStation Orbis, whatever. Um, Durango, Xbox, Xbox Durango. Um, they're saying at this time that used games are not going to be allowed in the PlayStation Orbis and the Xbox Durango, which are their code names right now. Um, that's pretty unsettling in and of itself because that also sort of wrecks GameStop's business plan. Yeah. Uh, they make a killing off of us. Like some people don't want to admit it, but I, I'm keen to, I'm obliged to say that uh, I think they're making well over 30% at least on used game sales and trade-ins and all that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Microsoft, Microsoft and Sony would be very stupid to block used games. It's it's not a very smart business move because they're going to lose a lot of their their fan base. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of us gamers are you know starving artists or um, college students, starving games to, journalists, starving games journalists, exactly. <laughs> and we're just we're just barely getting by and don't have the cash to feed our feed, you know, to keep paying for $60 a pop for video games. Yeah. When there's like, you know, a bajillion different video games are leasing each month. It's, it's not doable. And often like for me, sorry, like, go ahead. Yeah, like for me last year, the only, the only game that I bought at launch was Skyrim and the, Probably the only game that I'm buying at launch this year is Assassin's Creed 3. Right. And, you know, for games generalists, there's a little bit of leeway when it comes to us, personally. Because we can get review copies sometimes. Um, I don't remember buying any games last year, actually, full price. But um, there were a bunch of games I bought used. And there were a bunch of games on Steam that weren't, like, full price games. So, um... In that regard, if you can sort of live like that, then that's good. But in terms of other people who have to buy the game sixty dollars every single time, then um, that can be that can be a pretty heavy hit every time you have to spend money on one of these games. Yeah, if 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 they do do that, which I'm sure they won't, then I'm 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 going to Nintendo. I'm getting a Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I'm I've always been a PlayStation hoplite. So um, I'm probably going to stick there. Um, anyways, we do need to move on to what we've been playing. Uh, we could talk about used games for quite a while, actually. Um, but yeah, what we've been playing, for those of you who have never listened to the podcast before, we can take about two or three minutes. We're going to talk about what we've been playing over the past week. Um, and Andrew, uh, how about you start us off, bud? Um, I have been playing some Minecraft. I've uh, you know, I've you've seen some of the videos that I've been doing. I've got a whole stack of um, recorded stuff on my computer that I still haven't compiled together into videos. So I've been playing some Minecraft, trying not to uh, uh, get killed by monsters. There's a lot of uh, in the in the Technic pack. There's a lot of like uh, there's an, a mod that they put in there called Mo Creatures, and it puts in a lot of other creatures in there, and I. Uh, there's just a lot of things like my house is near a ledge, so monsters will fall down. But mm-hmm. I, I did have some cacti placed on top, but 
that kind of went all to hell when I used when I cheated in an item that like it's an axe that uh, cuts all of the wood like you know it'll just make all the wood cut itself from a tree or like and to my surprise I found out that it cut down my whole uh, wooden house and so oh, no. I, had to, I had to rebuild that but um, I've also been playing uh, Final Fantasy 13 2 I haven't touched that game in forever um, <laughs> it's God, it's so short. Like I was, um, I'd only been playing for a couple days this week and I'm almost at the end and really? I'm wondering if, yeah, I'm, I'm, I Final mean, Fantasy I had games are usually known for their length and longevity. Are you kidding me? Um, if you, if you do all the side quests and whatnot, I've just been plowing Dude, through. I- like, the only Final Fantasy game that I've actually bought and played was uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen. I couldn't even get through that game, dude. It was oh, just God. so boring and droll and long, and I just... So that's where I'm coming from. That's where my Final Fantasy experience has come from. They so... actually... Um, yeah, none of the other Final Fantasy games are like Thirteen. Thirteen was crap. The mobs were just... Even like, you know, a regular... Uh, like a you know a, a couple a few bombs or something like that it took you like five minutes just to whittle down their health i and know them. dude it's it's it was insane but square enix fixed that in 13.2 i'm i'm very happy with 13.2 it's it's awesome i i actually have um the uh the monster the uh i've been collecting monsters because you can collect monsters it's kind of like a pokemon thing but you don't mm-hmm. have Pokeballs. You just have to hope to God that um, like a, a, a crystal will appear if you've caught the monster. So you just have to hope to God that the crystal appears. And I just recently got um, Lightning. Um, there's, a, there's a DLC where you can get both Lightning and her sergeant or whatever he is from the... She's uh, so hot. <laughs> from, <laughs> the, from the core. And I, uh, I, I got Lightning and it's and I was like, oh yes, because God, she's powerful. She's got yeah. like over it's her attack power is over nine hundred. It's wow, well, dude, ridiculous. just add a zero to that. Please just add a zero to that. It's cool. over nine thousand. It's over nine thousand. I wish oh my God, it was nerd over nine thousand because then I'd be killing those fucking tonberries. <laughs> God. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, anything else, Andrew? That's about it. That's all I've been playing. All right. Well, uh, Dennis, how about you take us away, brother? I've been playing more of Deus Ex Human Revolution. And it's still one of those games where 10 minutes down the road, I'm into it. Another 10 minutes, I'm sick of it. I'm not yeah. sure what it is. It's There's certain things I don't enjoy about the game. I was about to say, like, uh, I think it was on Tuesday we were talking on chat. And uh, you told me that you were enjoying the game, and you started, you found a stride with it. That changed so quickly. Yeah, it's, uh, it's up and down. It seems like the boss. I, I'm heard, I've heard it before, but I, I agree with everyone else that the boss fights really ruin it. Really? Yeah, it's so out of place. I, I don't know. I maybe I'm just not used to the stealth cover based type of game. Um, I'm not sure what else there is to explain about it, but uh, maybe maybe next week I'll be different. Maybe I'll man. If Stillgrave was here, he would be throwing fits because he, he loved it. <laughs> <Dance. laughs> 
But uh, anything else, Dennis? No. All right. Well, I'll let me, get that let me take a guess. League of Legends and UFC. Dude, how did you know? I have no idea. That's you a running joke, it. Andrew, in case you didn't already know. <laughs> uh, every week, it's pretty much League of Legends and UFC. There is occasionally a week where I have uh, played something else, but I'm pretty stringent when it comes to uh, spending money on things. So I just tend to play the same things over and over and over again. Um, not really much to say about my experiences. They, they're not unlike other weeks. I absolutely own everything in sight because I own like that. And um, yeah, that's pretty much my UFC experience, buddy. And that's my League of Legends experience as well. Um, yeah, any questions you guys have on these games or how I own everything in sight? I think I'm going to go back to League of Legends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, Dennis. Den- and for those of you who don't know, uh, Dennis used to play League of Legends with me, like, daily. But he just, I, I asked him to play one night, and he was like, yeah, dude, I uninstalled that from my computer. And I was like, really? It was a was dry spell. Know? It was like, oh, we haven't played in a couple weeks. Might as well just get rid of it. All right, all right. Um... Anything you guys want to comment on before we start closing this podcast out tonight? Uh, Developers need to stop being so greedy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, yeah, we have a giveaway this week. Um, The Splatters on Xbox Live Arcade. Sorry, international viewers. This is only for our U.S. uh, viewership. And I guess, without further ado, uh, the best gaming podcast ever brought to you by GameRanks.com. Bidding you farewell this Thursday evening.